This is Good Taste Bricky with Chloe and Ellarina this morning. Now, we are super excited to speak to this next guest. He is a true icon of Australian rock history. He uh, has been responsible for a bunch of hits. He's been inducted into the Australian Songwriters Hall of Fame. He is the main composer for NXS. In fact, he was responsible for all but one of their top 40 hits in the US. His name is Andrew Farris and he joins us this morning. Good morning. Fresh from doing some push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good morning, ladies. How many push-ups did you bust out this morning, Andrew? Oh, uh, you know, I'd have to lie if I said it was more than 25, but, you know, that's not bad. That's pretty good. Were, that you, good. were they girl push-ups or man push-ups? <laughs> oh, somewhere in between. Put Andrew Tarras push-up, I suppose. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Hey, Andrew, listen, you were gearing up for a massive 12 months on the road, but obviously, look, COVID hit. It's thrown all of our plans out of whack. Are there any new tour dates that you've got planned? Yeah, I'm driving everyone nuts. I keep saying, when can I get out on the road? And then you <laughs> turn the television on, you know, and there's just endless reports about what we can't do and this is what, you, you know, where you can't go. And, and unfortunately... For everyone, especially in the live music area, whether it's the musicians or the people supporting musicians or everybody, really, the whole idea of social distancing is a nightmare mm. because the very virtue of the nature of the industry is to have as little social distancing as possible. Right. You know? Yeah, so true. You've got a bit of a foray into country music. What uh, has inspired you to change genres? Well, I live in the northwest of New South Wales. Um, I've had cattle and grains when it rains property out here. Uh, I don't live on the coast. I don't live in cities. I don't live in the suburbs. But I understand urban culture and big cities. At one point in my life, I worked in 52 countries, lived out of a suitcase in a concrete box. But however, on my downtime, uh, I listen to all kinds of music, including country music, and I'm a songwriter. And so I gain, like, sort of uh, my ideas and inspiration from all kinds of different musics. And I love the storytelling that's in country music for me. Also, where I'm talking to right now is near the little hometown where my, my farm is that I've owned for quite a long time now. And all the people around here look like they're in the country music industry. They don't look like they're not dressed in suits or anything. They all wear hats and, and don't dress very smartly, but they're good people. And I understand people out in the bush. I understand the communities. And I understand what their needs are too. Yeah, for sure. And um, being out there and also being in isolation for some of this year as well, has it helped to get you to do some more songwriting? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, I've written some more new songs, but I'm, I'm in the middle of promoting my five-track EP, which was born by accident because of the pandemic, where earlier this year when I was at a country music festival in Tamworth, I was starting to release my self-titled album, the LP. Now, I'm going to confuse everybody now. But I decided to stop releasing the rest of my LP because everyone went home. You know, the, the record labels that have been looking after me and doing a good job of BMG and Broken Bow Records out of Nashville, they said, look, Andrew, you can keep releasing your record. But everyone's gone home. You know, they're self-isolating. And, and so I thought, hmm, maybe I should just wait for a while. And then... I realized I had songs I'd already recorded and that I began to think about what the world's experiencing, not just Australia, with the pandemic. And then I thought to myself, and I looked through some of my songs that I'd already tracked and recorded, 
And I, and I suggested to the record label, look, what if I put out an EP with my songs on it? And they said, it's a great idea. I thought they'd say, no, you know, we don't want to know about you, go away. <laughs> but they went, no, it's a great idea. And so then I suddenly found myself doing this. That's why we're talking about it. Yeah, so cool. We are going to play one of the songs off there in just a moment. Uh, but you've got some pretty cool co-writers on this EP. In fact, Johnny Stevens is a good mate of mine. Uh, talk us through uh, some of the tracks that you've done with them. Yeah, well, that's right. Um, I'll, I'll start from sort of, I guess, the first song is uh, on my EP is Tears in the Rain, and I co-wrote that with Kieran Gribben. is a mate of mine who I met by accident through friends some years ago. He's from Northern Ireland, the county Derry, actually, out near Belfast. And uh, now he lives in Australia. He's an awesome guy and um, great singer, great songwriter. He's actually Grammy-nominated for work he did with Madonna, um, but uh, oh. you know, we, we co-wrote that song basically about the environment. I actually already had the chorus for Tears in the Rain and I had the chords and pretty much the arrangement worked out. I could never get the verse to be meaningful enough. And then I heard the story about the Clark brothers uh, about 10, 12 years ago. These two brothers, uh, William and Daniel Clark, uh, Daniel has cerebral palsy and with their father, they took a boat up the jungle into Borneo to uh, basically to try and rescue the orangutans. And now wow. here we are. Yep. Now here we are, ten or twelve years later, and they've secured over nine hundred thousand dollars, and they've put one hundred and forty thousand acres of land aside. Wow! Not Amazing. Not bad for a couple of kids, huh? Yeah. Awesome. Right. And so the next song, my brother, and yeah, definitely John Stevens and I co-wrote that one. John's an old mate of mine too. Uh, love John. And basically, we were discussing something some time ago about losing male people in our lives who were very close to us. And for John, it was a family member. And for me, it might as well have been a family member. It was Michael Hutchins. And mm. the two of us were talk- talking about that. And a very difficult sort of song lyric to navigate, unless you've, you're really in the room with someone who understands exactly what you're talking about. So the two of us put that song together and I didn't release it and I don't think John wanted to either back then. We just, you know, whatever. But I am a big fan of John's and, you know, I said to him, look, I'm thinking of doing this. He said, great. So uh, I'm going to put it out because I think it feels right. I think the world's experiencing loss at the moment. We have so many elderly people, especially have passed away from this dreadful pandemic. My brother's really a song about loss, and especially about loss of a male figure in your life. Uh, blokes aren't very good at talking about loss uh, mm-hmm. of people in their lives. They'd rather talk about fixing things or, uh, you know, let's move on or sport or whatever it is. And But John and I decided to pen that song, and I'm glad we did. Um, love Makes the World uh, is basically about the cycle of life. Uh, love Makes the World is about we come into the world as babies, and from the moment we're born, someone looks after us, um, or not, but usually they do. And we're born that way, and then someone guides us, and then we get strong if we're lucky, and then we go through to the end of our lives, and if we're lucky again, we get to have a long life, and right at the end, someone needs to look after you then too. So the song really is about the cycle of life. It's about, you know, it's just that sort of song. It's not supposed to be that complicated. Um, And then All the Stars of Mine as a song I co-wrote with Susie DeMarco. I'm a huge fan of Susie's. And we wrote a lot of songs together, actually, some time ago. And um, this was one of the songs. And the song is because uh, there was a time in my life when I lived in England and two of my three children were born in England. And for Susie, she'd had a family she was raising in the United States and had young children there. 
And the song is really taking the perspective from a songwriting point of view of what it feels like as a foreign national living in a foreign country. You start to, when you have children on the ground, you start to recognise that you are bringing the people closest to you in your life into a foreign environment with the community, the food, the culture, the politics or whatever it is. And when you come back to Australia, you reflect on that and you think about it carefully. And I think it helps us as Australians to be more aware of our neighbours and people in other countries. Anyway, mm. that's what that song's about. And then First Man on Earth, okay, it's too long. <laughs> the song is eight minutes and eight seconds long, I'm sorry. Wow. Um, yeah, well, I know. And hopefully it won't bore you. Anyway, um, but so that song I co-wrote with Robbie Williams. Well, he's a record producer, uh, Guy Chambers, and a brilliant songwriter. Guy Chambers is the one I co-wrote First Man on Earth with, and Guy and I had basically written a song about being human beings and our sort of increasing obsession with technology. All mm. oh, right. Very poignant. And do you know something that I love that um, you said about this EP as a, as a whole is that it's focused on human relationships and, and the world around us and drilling into what's really important, which is the relationships between people and how we interact with them as well. And I think that's super important, especially right now when, like you mentioned before, we are, a lot of people are losing quite a lot of loved ones. You have obviously gone through that yourself with Michael Hutchins. Would you mind letting us know how you were able to grieve that and um, come past that? Yeah, I think I can best answer that by saying that, first of all, Michael was not only my mate and, you know, we, we, we were sort of school, high school friends when we met, and um, but I, he also became one of the best, probably top five male performers, in my opinion, in the world yeah. uh, as a performer and a singer. And a great, Mike was a great lyricist as well. We probably wrote over 300 songs together, but the grieving process of that, I'd say, has been particularly difficult for everyone that knew him very closely in his life because it was a very public thing and mm. uh, went all over the world, you know. But I think I, I can remember clearly when I was asked to do a, a newspaper interview in London about the same subject and I, I sat there and I just sort of felt sad for a minute. And I said to the interviewer, um, look, mother passed away two years ago from cancer, mm. but you're not, really you're not really interested in that, are you? And they said, mm. sorry. And I said, well, you know, when you lose someone, it doesn't matter whether they're famous or not. Right. It's how much you care for somebody that matters, you know? Yeah, for sure. So true. And it's still all the same grieving process. And I think everyone That's goes right. through it mm. so differently. And, the, and there are yeah. people that I know um, personally that have lost people this year as well. And um, there's a lot of people that just do not know how to process it and be able to go about their day-to-day -day lives. I, I, I think it's important uh, in my personal experience to when you reflect on that person that has left, the world, the, to, to reflect on the things that you really enjoyed being with them about and that you really look back on with fond memories. I think that's a very important part of it mm. uh, because I think those memories are the ones that they would like to think of that you thought of them. What are your favourite memories of you, Mum, to think of? Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, well, actually, I think Mum in the 1950s was seated number one in tennis in Western what? Australia. No way. <laughs> and, that's awesome. Yeah, Jill. Jill Ryan would have been her name. Oh, wow. She married my dad, Dennis. Um, but, you know, yeah, actually she was, yeah, mum was a, mum was a quiet achiever like that and she was a very good squash player and did lots of things, but she was a great mum and, 
and mum and dad, dear, I miss them very much. Yeah, thank you for asking. Oh, yeah. that's really mm-hmm. sweet. What are, what are some of your favourite memories of Michael to look back on? Yeah, with Michael, I think uh, I think probably that he had a really good sense of humour. I don't see that enough, you know, talked about or whatever. I think he had some difficulties later on in his life, but as my dad, uh, Dennis, has always said, or used to say, nobody gets through life without help from other people. I think we all go through times in our life that are difficult, Mm. and it's having people to help us through those times that I really, really acknowledge. And sometimes Michael used to help me through things that I was struggling with, even though I didn't think I was at the time, Um, and, you know, vice versa. But I also would say that we need to ask John Stevens his take on the song, because it's not my place to talk about his loss of a family member. Mm, I think maybe we should play that song now. I was actually going to play All the Stars Are Mine, but I feel like I want to play that one. Yeah. Andrew Farris, thanks so much for joining us this morning on the show. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Have a good day and keep up the push-ups, okay? (laughs) (laughs) We will. You too.